Yes, and this is Kevin Evans with the chapter by chapter live class at Crossroads Assembly of God in Greenville. And uh, we are studying the Gospels, and we are in the middle, of, well, the very end of John. And uh, last week we uh, waded into John 18, and we stopped. Uh, just before the trial of Christ on John 18, verse 28. And so that is where we are. I'm going to read the section for uh, verse 28 through verse 40, and then we're going to come back and uh, unpack it and uh, hopefully wrap up verse 18. And if we have time, depending on how verbose we all are, and we know how verbose we are, uh, we will go on into chapter 19 as well, which has even more meat in it. So it's going to take us three months to get through chapter 19, I think. Okay, that's an exaggeration, of course. I'm Texan. I speak in hyperbole. Um, verse 28. Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they snarked at him, we would not have handed him over to you. I added the snark part. That's my personal interpretation. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. Pilate then went back into the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Which is an odd answer. And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? I was, uh, it was your people and your chief priest who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? And Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would have come to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. With this, he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, not him. Give, me Bar give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. And that's John's rendition of the trial. So, they move in from Caiaphas' house, who is the chief priest, and they bring him to the governor at daybreak. What's the plan there? Yes. They want this to go down quickly. They want it to happen before Passover. They want to get in, get out, get it done before anybody is aware of it. That way there won't, they can minimize the protest from Jesus' followers, and they know that he has thousands. And so it's all kind of clandestine and under the table. So they can't have a legal Roman trial at night because the Romans didn't do that. 
but they could have it during the day, which was Roman law. So they were all lined up on the steps of Pilate's palace at daybreak and got him out of bed so that he could come out and take care of this issue because they wanted to get it controlled quickly. No, they weren't, because if they went in, that made them ceremonially unclean. I don't know why that would do that, but it did. And, they, it, and if they were unclean, they wouldn't have been good for Passover, and half of them were rabbis, so that wasn't going to happen. They all had to... They weren't really clean for Passover anyway, because they were committing murder. Anyway. Oh, it, it depends on how you split the hairs of the law. But anyway, it says they went into the, <laughs> it it went into the judgment hall, right. not the palace. Well, in uh, whatever that is, that's probably an outdoor, not in the building, but covered portico in the front somewhere. There, there were places where that you could meet outside. And these were Romans controlling Jews, and Romans, although they were heartless people, also accommodated the cultural uh, mores of the people they were controlling because it kept them peaceful and docile. That was the whole point. So it would make sense that they would have a, a, a portico so that we could let them not be unclean and meet them in the middle, you know. Now, weren't the Pharisees not allowed to meet at night as well? I don't know. Really? In the, in the, in the culture of the Pharisees, that is one of the things that they did. Well, they certainly did a lot of that, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've never read that. But, but, you know, I don't have a theology degree, unlike half this room, so, you know. <laughs> I didn't say this is my theological. <laughs> okay, you're not going to stand on that. I, I, I'm really not sure. Uh, the point is that they they had this big meeting before the meeting, and then the meeting before the meeting, and uh, in the middle of the night. Yeah, so at dawn, they, they, were, at dawn they were ready to go because it was all set up so that they'd be ready that morning. And uh, nobody's had any sleep at this point, which is, I think is kind of interesting. And so they bring out Pilate. And he says, what do you want? Or what charges do you bring? Okay, now what charges? Okay, they're going to bring him to Pilate because they are not allowed legally to execute him. And the Jewish execution was stoning, for one. And John points out that the uh, scriptures prophesy that Christ would be crucified, specifically and so if he had died by stoning, it wouldn't have fulfilled the prophecy. And so John draws that line, you know. Uh, and so maybe that was part of it, just so that prophecy would be fulfilled. But I think, anyway, I'm not going to go into the subtleties of time. But anyway, uh, he, he was crucified and not stoned. They can't stone him. Now, the reason they can't stone him is that the Romans would allow them to control or follow all their own basic laws except for execution because they know that they all hate the Romans and if the, 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 the Pharisees could execute people, they could very quietly stone absolutely everybody that was for the Romans and overthrow the, 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 the people that Rome had embedded within their society. So all the, you know, Matthew would have gotten quietly stoned a long time ago as a tax collector if that was allowed. And so uh, Rome always reserved execution for themselves and any people that they were controlling. Well, there's also some advantages to be able to blame Rome and distance themselves a little bit. 
even though they're the puppet string pulling. As far as the Pharisees the go. Pharisees yeah, because well, we didn't. Reasonable deniability. Yeah, that was the Romans. That wasn't us. Also, they couldn't stone him because the scripture prophecy says that not a bone was broken. That's very good. I think I, 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 that actually comes into play a little bit later. Actually, but that's you're, once again, you're getting, you're getting it. You're getting ahead of me again. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, Pilate says, what are the charges? The charges should have been treason. Because the reason that the only thing the Romans are... The Romans are concerned about two things. They want their subjugated people docile and giving them no trouble. And they want loot. They want your uh, taxes and your, your tribute and all of that. So they want to milk the people. That's the point of subjugating them, is to take all their stuff. You know, and they want you working for the Romans so that you're making more stuff for the Romans. That, that, that's what it's all about. And all the rest is details to the Romans. It's, it's all about the cash. Why, what are you saying to me, Kenny? Sounds kind of familiar. It is part of the basic human condition. Does it sound like Walmart? Yeah, yeah. Does it sound like Walmart? Really? Really? No? That's not what you're referring to? Yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't think this is a new or an old story. You know, it, it's, it's, it, that's who they are. So all this stuff about uh, the laws and stuff uh, all have to do with just that. And if you have some kind of a, a heresy charge, which is really what they're, they're bringing against Christ, because they're not meeting the Jewish religious law. Well, Pilate is not Jewish. Pilate is Roman and worships a whole panoply of gods and... And he's very superstitious, but on a, a, a Zeus kind of level, if that makes any kind of sense. So Pilate only needs to see treason, and anything other than treason is not going to get him killed. And they don't have a treason charge, because Christ hasn't done anything treasonous. So they snipe at him, and they say, what charges are you bringing him in? If he were not a criminal, we wouldn't have brought him to you. Isn't that a lovely way to win over the judge? Oh, yeah. It is, actually. I like him. Did you hear what he just said? Oh, he's one of us. Okay. Oh, you get, you get three points right there, other Chris. That was awesome. All right. Uh, what? John left out the part where his wife came and told him not to touch this man because of the dreams she had. John, that's interesting. Um... Which went with his superstition. As soon as she said that, he, he did exactly what she said. He washed his hands of it. Yes. And John, John does not relate that. Um, in fact, John was the only eyewitness to all of this, including the crucifixion, that, that, that recorded it. So the other uh, gospel writers weren't there. It was all secondhand information. John was the only firsthand information and saw it. However, he wrote his book much later than the others, and the other books were thoroughly in, in, in uh, 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 circulation, and the audience that he was writing to has already read all the other books, and he knows that. So John is not under pressure to tell every little detail of the story, and that's not his intention. He is, we haven't gotten to that yet. I don't pass them out. 
Okay. Okay. I have a plan. I'm in control. All right. Thirty years. Were you here? You weren't here. You have to put, come to play. Sorry. No. All right. All right. Uh, where was I? Before I started berating my wife. Let's see. Um, seriously, I forgot what I was saying. I've had too much coffee at this point, I think. My job didn't say anything about the dream. He didn't need to get it. Right, right, right. So he has a theme of belief versus unbelief. He's giving reasons to believe that Christ was the Son of God and died for your sins are not, and the consequences of that not. That is the whole point of this book. And every one of his stories falls into this theme of belief, non-belief. And what he's showing with Pilate is Pilate really goes through a, an emotional attitude change in the few paragraphs that he puts here. He starts off by being very aloof. What are the charges? You know, And at the end, he's Cynical at the end. He, he, he disavows himself of it. He rejects it. He kind of, he has to choose belief or unbelief, and he deliberately steps to the side of unbelief, steps back and armors up. You know? So, and, and that's what John shows. And I've read several commentators that said that Christ, it was in control of this entire process. He knows what's going to happen. He knows he's going to be crucified. He knows you know, everything's a foregone conclusion with Christ. The re what Christ is doing is still ministering to everyone that he comes across, and Pilate is no different. So Christ is speaking to Pilate as a lost human being that has the potential of being saved. And he's putting... Pilate under conviction. In Pilate, you kind of see this a little bit, and I may be reading too much into the text. I agree. But Pilate goes out to speak to them, then he comes in, and then he goes out, and then he comes in, out, in, out, in, out. It's like through the course of this trial, he's Mr. Nervous. He's, 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 he, we're trying to fix this, and he's running around in circles. And in the end, it's, I wash my hands. But he was, he was going to check with his wife in the back. Yes, maybe so. John does not put that. But then John was outside, so he didn't know that one. But and they're more discerning than the men are. Yeah. What do you want me to do, honey? <laughs> so Pilate's attitude, Jay, we'll see. Uh, first, he's uncaring until he runs Jews, Jews. The Jews are dropping the responsibility, and uh, they want him to execute him. So he brings him in to interview him, and he and, and he says, um, "Are you are you the king of the Jews?" Well, Pilate wouldn't have asked him that on his own. He would have said, "Are you a traitor, Rome?" Because that's what you ask, right? You know, are you defined? But that's not what he says. He says, "Are you the king of the Jews?" He asked the wrong question. He asked the Pharisee question, not the Roman question. So that's why Christ says, is that your idea or did somebody tell it to you? Because he hadn't heard that before until just now. 
And, and, and so he snaps back at him. He goes, am I a Jew? You know, uh, it was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. So yeah, somebody told him he was the king of the Jews. So now Christ explains, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would be here to arrest, to, to arrest the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. So he's saying, I don't have soldiers. I don't have resistance. My issue is with them. Who's rebelling against Rome? You know? And so Pilate is trying to, you know, work this out because he's got Pharisees outside breathing down his neck. Oh, by the way, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure the source material on this, but there is a general understanding amongst most commentators that Pilate was on the political outs with the Romans at this time. Right, yes. And this in Jerusalem, in the Roman view, was a cantankerous town where you have all these little rebels and there are organizations of knife-carrying Jews trying to stab Romans because one of them was one of the disciples. And uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a hard place to control. And all Roman wants is for them to be docile and give them all their money. That's the point. And the Jews were anything but that. And, you know, what the Roman way of controlling people is to chop your head off. It was brutal. So they came down brutally on the Jews. And what happens when you have a totalitarian government? It creates more rebellion underneath the table. And all he was doing was fermenting rebellion against him and he came down really hard instead of really working with people and as a result everybody hated him and they all wanted to kill him and I'm sure he had multiple attempts in his life that he had to keep soldiers, you know, keep people away from him. Uh, so he's, he's in trouble. Uh, if he doesn't keep things peaceful then they're going to remove him from his position and his position is not giving him power, it's making him wealthy. And in the other position, and in the hands of Caesar, he could end up being dead if it doesn't, you know, if, if he really makes people upset. So it's a big carrot and stick with Pilate. He wants to keep those annoying Pharisees happy. He doesn't like them. He knows they're a bunch of backstabbing jerks, you know. But he, he doesn't want unrest. He doesn't want them going and, and, and revving up problems. So he is motivated to accommodate them as much as possible, but he doesn't want to break Roman law in order to do that. He doesn't want this to come back and bite him because it also, if he, if he breaks Roman law to accommodate the Pharisees, it makes him look like he's submitting to the conquered and he looks even worse in the eyes of Rome. So he needs to control them and keep them docile, which is a hard thing to do. He is. So there's that. So he says, you're a king then. He's looking for some kind, it's kind of admission of, from Christ to show that he is treasonous <laughs> and is going to overthrow Caesar. And if he can get something even akin to that out of Christ's mouth, then he's got justification for the crucifixion. Could there also be... Speak loudly. So you're looking at this guy's been beaten up. 
bloody, he's bruised, he's got this, they're making fun of him. They've got him dressed up, mocking him. And he's going, so you're a king. And that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> what you just said hasn't happened yet. What, roughed up? He's been, but he, he he hasn't been roughed up by the Romans yet. He's, He's been, been roughed, roughed up, up by, by the Jewish guards. Okay. He's not dressed up in the big crown. Yeah, you hit thing. me. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sequence is very important. I think I, he he lost a couple of teeth and he has some okay. bruises. There you go. There you go. But there's still. He's been in the desert. He's been pretty. He, he is a desert preacher. Yep. He looks rough around the edges. Yep. yep. He has been beaten up. He does him. not look kingly. No. no. So here. You're standing before the Roman governor, you know, and he's going, so you're a king. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, there's almost some, I take some sarcasm. Sit cynical. Thank you. If Jim agrees with me, I'm but if you, but, if you go, but it's interesting, if you go back to verse 11, have you read how verse 11, how did he? No, I never have. How did he read <laughs> Yeah, you did. Uh, but in my, but the way that it, but it reads here, it's funny how he finally, it's like he resigned finally to this was all going to happen. It says, put up thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? It's like he finally at that point resigned to the fact that yeah. this is going to happen. I think he's been resigned all along. For so. 33 years he's been resigned. Yeah. Uh, so, so he knows what's happening. Before 33 years. Yeah, 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 before 33 years. <laughs> I'm talking about the man. Because <laughs> he's always been. Oh, right, yeah. Another point for your other <laughs> What I mean by that is because he had just prayed. You're going to have to catch up. Huh? Prayed, he just prayed yeah. drops of blood <laughs> that the cup would pass <laughs> from him. So it's like now he finally resigned that that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. So. But I think finally is the wrong word to put in that sentence. I'm sorry. I'm editing finally out. I think he already knows that. But but I respect your I yeah, respect yeah, yeah. your observation. Yeah, 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 yeah. You never give him points. Never. I never do, no. Never have. No, never have. No. <laughs> and he still keeps coming back. And he says that's my one a week. You know in school when you have a problem problem student, do you know where the teacher sits the problem student? <laughs> right there. Right beside the desk. Right here. And you're right here. That's right. That's right. I've, I've spent years with my worst student right here. That's where I like him. Okay. I'm with you. Bill. Except, sure. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, they're all trying to get this done before the they have the the Passover and everything, but they don't realize that the, they're not going to be worthy of the Passover. Nicodemus and Ananias aren't going to be worthy to pass over because they touched the dead body. So, you know, it's like, what are they rushing for? Because so many of them are not going to be able to partake, legally partake of the Passover. They're not touching the body. They're standing outside on the steps. They're following the picky little rules to the letter. Yeah, but I'm talking That's about... That's what Pharisees do. But they're still committing murder. You can't murder, see... Murder, you can't is murder. Murder, will murder make you unclean? I'm not sure it is unless you do the work. Oh, okay. Because, <laughs> because, 
Oh no, points are very important. This is a capital, <laughs> this is a capital execution. Which yeah, I've yeah. had a component of it say, hey, so what if you execute someone who's innocent? Doesn't matter, it's a capital execution. It's got to count as wrong. Yeah. That's a mindset that's on this. It's a capital execution. Now, I agree it's not right, but I mean, in their eyes, they're viewed as capital execution. It's not unclean. It's like the 2020 riots. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the source of a. Uh, okay, I, I'll, I'll keep score eventually. Um, <laughs> You're not right. I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Here's the source of a thousand sermons. What is truth? Hylas asked. Good question. I've seen that carved into black. Um, yeah, well, I think from Pilate's perspective, in a Roman court, is the truth really what they're after? They really don't care what the truth is. They don't care about justice. They want resolution. They want resolution. They they want it solved. They want uh, compliance, and it, they want loot. They want. Oh, you're talking about the Romans or the, the Romans yeah. uh, in a Roman court. So basically, uh, you know, you, you could commit murder and then pay off the judge, and they get their loot, and that makes everything better. You know, if you read this right here, it says. Pilate saith in him what is truth, and when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews, but it never says whether Jesus responded to him or not. I thought that was interesting. Well, I also think that, see, there's not a whole lot of conversation that's recorded here, and I think there was a lot of conversation recorded here, but John was outside. This is only what John knows. It's also only what is pertinent to John's point of belief versus unbelief. But if he was outside, how do you know Pilate said what is truth? Guys talk, you hear things. Yeah, yeah I got you. Maybe he yelled it and they heard it. <laughs> <laughs> what is true? <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, uh, what's truth? <laughs> well, that puts a whole new spit on it at that point. Uh, I find no basis for a charge against him. So he's, 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 he's gone out. And they brought this charge, and he realized he's being pushed, so he brings him in to interview him to see if he can find a reason to execute him. He comes out and says, I don't have a reason to execute him. And uh, I find no basis for it, but it is your custom for me to release. Oh, wait, did I miss something? But it is your reason, custom for me to release one prisoner at the. Okay. He said he finds no fault. It doesn't show him being beaten here. I'm sorry. I wrote down stuff. That's because it doesn't happen until the 19th. First chapter, 19th. Okay, okay. So he comes, but he hasn't roughed up, though. He's getting roughed up this whole time. Chapter 19, he gets fought. Okay. But you saved me, you're ahead of yourself. I guess I did. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm studying two chapters at once. I found no basis for a charge against him, but a year comes for me to release one prisoner at a time, and they all shout Barabbas. Now, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. There's not a whole lot of people that are out on the street just yet. This is not the general population that's supposed to be there for a public trial. This is a whole bunch of Sadducees and Pharisees and temple guards and Roman soldiers who got pushed out of bed early, and they're grumpy. Uh, this is not general population. It might be a few other people that some of those people drug out of bed to come to this. 
So when they start shouting, who do you want, Jesus or Barabbas, what are you going to say? You're going to say what your boss tells you to. It was a loaded crowd without any doubt. Or the people that are upset earlier, the wrong crowd anyway, because it's an uphill night and no Barabbas. They haven't gone to so much for devotion. These are the all-night party people. And they know Barabbas is one of them. Because they know this thing is going to come up and Barabbas is well, on the list. They're just walking by and say, yeah, we'll take that guy. Yours says he's a rebellion leader, right, yeah. in chapter, I like NASB, does it say he's an insurrectionist, chapter 40, or verse 40? I can't remember what it explains Barabbas as, but... Mine says, mine says revolutionary. Revolutionary, and LT. Robert, yeah. The American standard says Robert, of course we go by that because it's the better. Yeah, Robert, so it's just, it's just not as applicable to what's going on, right? Revolutionary, rebellion leader, like that makes sense. That's an equal comparison. But like Robert, it kind of puts him in a different category that isn't right. really historically accurate of what Robert what is What does your magic Bible say? Mine says, then, then they cried, they all again saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. A robber. Yeah. Okay. But we also know he was a, a from, uh, from reading other things. He was a rebel rouser and a murderer. But for some reason, John didn't bring up his other crimes here. I'm sure robbery was one of them, but he had probably a list. The, the crowd that was there was the type that would prefer Barabbas anyway. If they were either ordered to do it or they just preferred Barabbas. The good people who followed Jesus were in bed where they should be right now. Right. I, I mean, I think there's some truth to that. I mean, because, you know. Because the stores don't open until 10. That's right. <laughs> doesn't go over well with the, with well the assassin with people. Huh? Yeah, you got that right. And you got to look at there's, there's a bigger there's a bigger person here involved, and God already had this ordained to happen. So Barabbas was going to be re released, and Jesus was going to be crucified. I mean, it was already ordained through prophecy that that this was going to happen like this. It just everything God just put everything together basically. He let the right people be there in different. Things. I, 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 that's how I see it. Now, I don't know if that's my point. Okay, okay, you get a point. The point you took away from me, you can have back. He said something yesterday. That's a good point. I get your point. I think that that's the end of chapter 18, right? Did I miss anything? Satan knows what the cross is. Because he doesn't want them to go to the cross. 
Satan knows what the cross means. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. He's been around since the beginning of time. He knows what this is. He knows the he knows prophecy better than the Pharisees. The, the, the three temptations that he provided Christ in the desert, one of which was, bow down to me, I'll give you the world without having you having to go to Christ. Satan, Satan doesn't care if Jesus dies. He does not want him to die in the sacrificial way. Think about it. I've never, I've never had that thought before. Because when, when you see all the old movies about this, about the, you know, the great story ever told, and those movies show Satan crucifying him. Satan's not an idiot. He knows. Yeah. He knows what the cross means. It means salvation for mankind. That's not what Satan wants. Mm -hmm. Why would Satan go? Yeah, I want him crucified to fulfill that. Yeah, it means victory over death, hell, and the grave. The temptation in the desert was, I will give you the world, and you don't have to go to the cross. Just bow down to me. That was the temptation. The temptation to Jesus was to bypass the cross. Yeah. So was Pilate's dream from God or from Satan? No, it was his wife's dream. It was his wife. Excuse me, his wife. Well, it's a wife. It's Satan. But no! Could you? I'm joking. I'll pay for that later. Well, I mean, it, it's still happening, but what is the point of Satan throughout history to throw a monkey wrench in the plans of God? Right. And, you know, you, you say, well, he knows God. He's to keep people away from God. He, he, he wants to ruin God's creation. I, you know, we, the demon, you know, you know the, the scripture says the demons know Jesus and everything like that. Satan knows the prophecies. He was in heaven for, he, he knows all the stuff that's going on. Why would he want Christ to go to the cross to fulfill the plan of salvation? I think he wouldn't. Thus, hey, get, you, get out of this, you know. I think the temptation for Judas and the disciples, yeah, rise up and protect your master so he doesn't go to the cross. That's interesting. As I was studying chapter 19, I kept thinking about the Passion of the Christ, the movie. And uh, the reactions to that movie were kind of varied when it first came out, which I found, found to be interesting. There were people that were just horrified by the graphicness of it. And then I would talk to uh, uh, like a Baptist minister's wife that I know really well, and she went and saw it. So what do you think? She goes, eh. Because there was no surprises in that. Everything, she knew every last bit of that story. And if anything, it, it wasn't quite graphic enough, you know? And, uh, <laughs> And I, <laughs> and I watched it, and I thought I was kind of had the same reaction. And my only issue was that as Christ is moving through this passion play, in the crowd, you keep seeing demons talking to each other. And I'm thinking, that's not biblical. And then I think, you know, if I were a demon, where would I be? And I think I would be in that crowd watching the show. You know, yeah, of course there were demons there. You know, uh, and and I'm I, I really don't have a problem with the interpretation. Yes. But now it's not. We're not talking script. We're talking Mel Gibson. I do. I do. Actually, it was based on a novel by a nun. Right. But anyway, but yeah. Even the scene after his when he says it, you know it's finished and he dies. What does it show? The scene in hell. Satan screaming in anger and terror. Fair because enough. Because he died on the cross. That is not what Satan. Now, if someone had stuck a sword in him in one of his sermons and killed him there, that's fine because that's not fulfilling the, the prophecy. But now, I'm not trying to say, hey, it's scripture, passion of the Christ. 
But remember, I think that did the move. As soon as he dies, it shows Satan screaming in hell, upset about it. Because he did not keep Christ from the cross. The whole Everything in the past pointed to the cross. Everything now points back to the cross. Satan did not want the cross. And Christ did go to the belly of the earth and set the captive free. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I just, it, it's, it's remembered that we're, and like I said, I'm piggybacking on Bill here because I agree. It, it, this is all going to happen. But Satan has always worked behind the scenes to try to get people's minds to go away from what God wants to happen. He, he agreed with you, Bill. Did you hear it? Okay. Just write that down. Write that down. Okay. Yeah, they try to stop, stop trouble. You should do a book. <laughs> it's just like the, we'll you do know. a podcast, Bill. <laughs> it's just like through all Billy the Clay. Yeah. It's just like through all the times when the Jews prostituted themselves out to idols and everything else, and God finally just had to go in and wipe them, you know, wipe them, wipe the sleep clean and send them off to exile. Hey, Bill, we'll do a podcast, and we won't invite Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, we'll invite you, Kevin. Thank you. All right, but we have, uh, actually, I think the music people are about to run away. Yeah, you should come to class more, Bill. Um, <laughs> he's not other Chris. He's other Chris. It's starting to be, yeah. Okay. Uh, do I, do I do we want to start chapter nineteen or wait till next time? Judy been No. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to read the section and we will probably dismiss shortly thereafter. Okay. So, uh, verse nineteen, we get into the actual crucifixion of Christ, and John again limits the story, and we know lots of details from the other synoptic gospels. Uh, and John was the only one present who, who, as an eyewitness, and he gives us six points to the scene, and that's it. And really, if you go, actually, I think it's seven. As you go through his book, there's like seven uh, 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 miracles, and there's seven uh, lessons, and there, there's a symmetry to his book. It, it's very deliberate. And so as he's writing his notes to write his book, I can see him having seven on this list and seven on this list. And, you know, so he, he shows seven things that uh, fit his theme for Christ. And he skips everything else because he's not going to tell the whole story. So we get a very streamlined view of the crucifixion compared to what we know about crucifixions. And it all has to do with this belief versus unbelief thing. And he's focusing on people around the crucifixion and not the crucifixion itself. So we're focusing on who's a believer and who's not a believer and who's riding the fence deciding to jump one way or the other, you know? So then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. There he goes. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and they went up to him again and again saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him in the face really had bullies working on the Roman thing, didn't they? Uh, once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews, look, I'm bringing him out if you, uh, to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. 
But Pilate answered, you take him and crucify him. As for fee, I find no basis for a charge against him. And that's where John leaves it. He doesn't show him washing his hands. Not that I doubt that that happened. But, but John is streamlining his story. That Jesus insisted, we have a law, and according to that law, of the Jews insisted, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. So he's not being crucified for treason. He's being crucified for heresy. And, and that's what John is pulling out here. Perhaps they just made that law up overnight while the trial was going on. No, well, it's a Jewish law. It's not a Roman law. I know. I'm saying I wonder if they just made that up. While he was being, while he was at Pilate, it's like you know. So all of a sudden, they have a law that they, they, they can't say he's the son of God. Well, no, no. Well, there is a law, yeah, there is a law. There, but it's a Jewish law. It's not a Roman one, and he's being executed by Romans for a Jewish law, and and, and Pilate is trying to disavow his responsibility for crucifying him on the cross, which he has to take responsibility for because it's in his venue. So the, the, the Jews have won this. They, they wanted Roman, the Romans to take all the responsibility with all of that uh, you know, acceptable deniability. Uh, he did it. No, he did it. But John specifically points out that there was never a viable charge. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid because he said, son of God. And he went back inside the palace taking Jesus with it. So he's about to give him to him to crucify him. He's already given the order. And they said they called the Son of God, and then Pilate panics. Now, why would Pilate panic when they say the Son of God? Because of the dream his wife had. There's that, and Pilate is Roman. And there are so many stories about demigods in Roman mythology. The one that we in the West know the most about is Hercules. And so he's the son of Zeus and a mortal person. And sometimes the demigods have, are, are, are deities, and sometimes they're, just, they're heroes, as the Romans like to put them. They're really tough men who eventually die. Uh, but the, it's, it's, it's not a small thing to have a, a, semi, a demigod in your presence, and they're calling this guy that I'm about to execute a demigod? Not only is Pilate gonna get in trouble with the Roman governor that he answers to, he's gonna get in trouble with the Roman pantheon for picking on one of Zeus's folks. Oh my goodness, I gotta check on this. Or could it be also it's having a Holy Spirit moment? Holy well, Spirit. I think all of this is a Holy well, Spirit moment. Well, I mean, that, that this is a... Yes, he's I think, some, and, and he's fighting it. The Holy Spirit's trying. Yes, to hold yes, I think he's absolutely under conviction. Like I said, his his attitude changes almost by the paragraph as we come through this, and he he's very concerned. He's trying to disavow himself from this whole thing, but he feels kind of trapped, and he 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 doesn't know whether to come to Christ's defense or to, to disavow it and let him be crucified. This is a big decision. Maybe, maybe an effort after what is truth, he's having a spiritual epiphany moment here that the Holy Spirit builds on him. And he, his whole way of believing about divinity is being challenged here. For, for once, I have no problem with one of your interpretations. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> point, point to Yak. <laughs> I think when you get down to verse 11, that's where Jesus finally makes his point, and I think that's where the conviction really takes hold of Pilate. 
So when Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. <gasps> do you refuse to speak to me, Pilate said? Don't you realize I have power to either free you or to crucify you? And Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. I mean, if you notice... Is he referring to... Is he referring to Jews, or is he referring to God, or is he referring to Caesar? You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. So he's saying that his power comes from someone else. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. But who is, who is that? That'd be the Pharisees. They're the ones that handed him over. Okay, you're going to Pharisee? My study in the Bible will be verses for Caiaphas. <coughs> okay, so, so Caiaphas bears the greater sin for bringing him to him? I'm just saying what he said. That not okay. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jews kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. So he's already declared crucify him, and now he's drug him off the podium and back inside where the Jews can't go. Yeah, but if you notice after he made that statement about he didn't have the power, now he's all of a sudden trying his best to figure out a way to get him out. Yeah, sure he is. Because he's afraid he might be Hercules. You, and, and you are and no... Huh? Was Jesus ever on Pilate's radar before, before this? I don't know. Okay. I think if you watch The Chosen, okay. yes, but I don't know. I think it's reasonable, but... Yeah. If he tried to pinpoint it back on the Pharisees and Sadducees, so Jesus followers won't be upset at him. That means infighting within the Jewish, which raised peace for the Roman, because they're infighting instead of. But he doesn't want them actually fighting each other because that means just reflects back on him. Right. Pilots want to go, not my monkey, not my circus. This is driving me nuts. Yes. You know, just. I mean, just this is the reason why no one wanted to govern here because of this whole situation. Yeah. I mean, just, it was just, he was like, what do I do? I mean, he is in a really tough spot. All right, we are out of time. I'm going to finish this section. Uh, from then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jews kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be king opposes Caesar. Then Pilate heard this. He brought Jesus out and sat down in the judge's seat. At a place known as the Stone Pavement, they actually had a place to carry on trials outside so that the Jews would not have to uh, make themselves unclean inside. Uh, known in Arabic as Gabbatha, it was a day of preparation of Passover uh, week uh, about the sixth hour. So this is the day before Passover, and they all have to be clean by then. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews, but they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed them over to be crucified. So in, out, in, out, in, out. And then finally he comes out and sits down on this seat after he's already said crucify him and hands him over. And I think that's when he washed his hands. But that John does it. There you go. Well, I think he came down on the side of rejecting Christ. And, and I think what we're looking at is a, a, a man being convicted and failing. Okay.
We will pick up at verse 17 next week. The crucifixion. Oh, that'll be fun and bloody. Do you want me to get all the details for you? Okay, I'm, I'm signing off now. Goodbye, Internet. You want my...